0: The word ekphrasis comes from the Greek for the description of a work of art produced as a rhetorical exercise. It is a vivid, often dramatic, verbal description of a visual art piece. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to season four, episode one of Ekfrastic. It's uh, been a while since I've been on, but you know, I'm glad to have everyone back. This is a podcast where we paint pictures with words. As always, please like and subscribe. You know, follow us. Or you can find us on Twitter at Ekfrastic, Instagram at you know the same thing, the Ekfrastic. And to see all of the stuff that uh, we discuss for, with your own eyes, uh, go to darwindarker.com backslash Today's subject, Bisa Butler is an award-winning African-American textile artist. She is known for her vibrantly stunning, larger-than-life-sized quilted portraits that captivate viewers around the world. We'll get to know her a little bit better, but first, let's get into some art news let's do a quick rundown um this is coming from the new york times um quick rundown so dick pollock artist's um ally in the creation of sculptures dies at 90. his cavernous hudson valley foundry helped lucy borgo uh, richard uh, sarah jeff coons and many others turn their large-scale visions into reality and so here's a fair review the un- the unforgettable Uh, Meets the unimaginable at the winter show. So back to its home in the Park Avenue Armory The fair offers one-of-a-kind art from America's earliest known free black painter and even a marble skull So again, I read from New York Times. So that's somewhere in New York. Probably. What do you have here? Of course? Keeping with that um, the Met the Met's uh, Maya show asks, can art ever be innocent a, a riveting show at the Metropolitan Museum surveys the um, complicated art of the ancient Maya in which beauty and brutality are surreally entangled. So that's New York Times uh, was a quick rundown there, I guess that was pretty New York centric, but uh, we can move on to Boston right now because this is going to be our main focus for today. Um, Cause folks are out there bugging. In Boston, you know they just unveiled this sculpture, all in the um, all in honor of Martin Luther King Day. So people people were just acting up about this sculpture. You know they don't have an artistic frame of reference, I suppose, but. Uh, let's read a little bit here in Marine uh, from NBC on what's, what's been going on. So, just a few years ago, the conceptual uh, artist Hank Willis Thomas, which we covered before, so check out our prior episodes on that, uh, on him, uh, had no idea he would be instrumental in commemorating the lives of Martin Luther King Jr. and uh, Coretta Scott King. But when his application was selected out of 125 artists and architects to design a new monument in Boston. Dedicated to the civil rights icon, he was shocked. Uh, Quote here, when I submitted the proposal, I didn't even think that we really had a chance. Thomas, who's 46 now, told uh, NBC News, by the time it was approved, I guess I'd just been on autopilot, like, okay, how do I not get in the way of history? It really has, has been my mission over the past several years. Aiming to both inspire visitors and honor the King's legacy thomas work will be revealed friday uh this was prior to the <laughs> to the revealing of of this um of this sculpture um so america's oldest city park in downtown boston so this is uh the boston common the the bronze sculpture which is 20 feet long and let's put a pin in this <laughs> Let's put a pin in that for a second because I'm going to tell you why I'm even reading this story. This is wow. And 26 feet wide and titled, The Embrace depicts the arms, shoulders, and hands of the king's hugging after Martin received the Nobel Peace Prize in 1964, uh, the moment immortalized in a famous photo. Um, Those scheduled to attend the ceremony include the king's son, Martin Luther King III, also a civil rights activist and his 14-year-old daughter, Yolanda Renee King, uh, who had who gave us a, a speech on racial equality at the at the Lincoln Memorial in 2020. Okay, so they don't have specifically anything about the controversial, but here's what's going on. <sighs> if you look at this sculpture in a particular angle, and your mind is that of a 14-year-old child you know what, i will say a 14 year old boy and that's where your mind has been locked in but when things like this come across your path as you go through life then yes, there's a particular angle you can look at this sculpture and your brain might make it look like something phallic i don't see it though i just i don't see it it's like twitter's been a buzz so all the other socials has um, instagram has been a buzz like is that what i think it is or that looks like what i think it looks like it's not just me i mean people said i've read a i've read one um post that's that read um i'm not the most artistic person in the world but somebody please tell me what i'm missing because what i'm seeing cannot be what i think they was trying to do and and i mean i'm looking at it and I've, and I've seen it from several angles i i just i mean i can see it when you say it and like if you turn my head the other way but for that to be like the thing that got that went viral is so wild these things that go viral it doesn't And one of them even said that um, looking at it, at, at, there's this other angle where you can you see both of um, Coretta's hands on, and what is, if you look at the, the photo, is, is Martin's um, um, shoulder. So it, it can almost look like, <laughs> oh my goodness. It can almost look like it's like a giant penis that she's carrying on her shoulder. The symbology of what that would be would be like, that's a, that would be a whole nother rabbit hole to go down. And I can see where they can go there with that. But man, you gotta really be, it's a stretch. I don't see it, but it's in the news. And so now you know, and you can, <laughs> you can Blame me for the last few minutes of your life that you'll never get back because you're going to go look this thing up. Uh, it's, again, it's a Boston comedy. Like, you may not see it either, but that's what's in the news and that's why it was trending if you happened to catch that at the time. But we'll go ahead and move on. And before we're done with our roundup, we have um, a book recommendation, of course. And this one is actually an oldie from 1995. This is The Secret Art of Dr. Seuss. These fabulous, whimsical paintings created for his own pleasure and never shown to the public show uh, Gazelle, uh, aka Dr. Seuss, in a whole new light, depicting outlandish creatures in outworldly settings. The paintings use a dazzling rainbow of hues not seen in the primary color palette of his books for children, and exhibit a sophisticated and often quite unrestrained side of the artist. Uh, There's about 65 illustrations in this book, so it will be a perfect coffee table book, maybe for adults. Uh, we have a review here. Beyond Dr. Seuss's works for children is an entirely different world, perhaps similar in whimsy and humor, but even more wondrous. The Secret Art of Dr. Su- Dr. Seuss is a short and beautiful full-color coffee table book filled with cartoons, sketches, and oil paintings. The collection of birds, cats, lions, and pointy-headed people is fairly familiar territory for any true Seuss fan but with a deeper amount of detail and more sophisticated tones. Favorite design in ink is titled Impractical Marshmallow Toasting Device. It's easy to see Seuss didn't find art to be a serious business and could the oil painting Cat from the Wrong Side of the Tracks be a rendition of Cat in the Hat's Evil Twin? A wonderful intriguing book for seuss fans of all ages so check that out wherever books are sold that review i just read off of amazon but like i said wherever books are sold hopefully you can find it in your local bookstore and now let's get back to our artist of the day visa butler Bisa Butler's quilts are enchanting works. They communicate art, emotion, heritage, tradition, and beauty. Merging artistic excellence and quilting magic. She creates patterns from from photographs, and a single quilt takes hundreds of hours of work. The result is like painting with fabric. Bisa Butler was born in Orange, New Jersey, the daughter of a college president and a French teacher. She was raised in South Orange as the youngest of four siblings. Butler's artistic talent was first recognized at age four when she won a blue ribbon in an art competition. Butler went on to earn a master's in art from Montclair State University in 2005. While in the process of obtaining her master's degree, Butler took a fiber arts class where she had a artistic epiphany. and She finally realized how to express her art. As a child, I was always watching my mother and grandmother sew, and they taught me. After that class, I made a portrait quilt for my grandmother on her deathbed, and I have been making art quilts ever since. Butler learned to sew from her mother and grandmother. Although she was formally trained as a painter, her artistic focus shifted to a textile-based practice while in graduate school, she made her first portrait quilt for her ailing grandmother. Using mostly black and white photographs as source material, Butler brings her subjects to life with the Kool-Aid colors of the black power art movement intended to capture the soul and energy of the person she was depicting. She creates her artwork by building up layers of fabric, including cotton, silk, wool, lace, and velvet giving texture and riches to the image. Additionally, she uses African and Dutch wax cloth, a dyer and indigo dyed cloth created by Yoruba women and other traditional textiles to honor the African roots of her subjects as well as her own Ghanaian heritage. Once a portrait takes place, she then quilts the entire piece creating expressive painterly details. Today's Ekphrastic poem is a retrospective on smart girls rock. As a reminder, here's how this works. Remember, this is going to be a description of a visual art piece. As I'm speaking, I want you to visit the Ekphrastic page on my website, darwindarker.com. Check the show notes for a link. There, you will find a catalog of all the artwork we discussed. To accompany today's reading, I want you to pull up smart girls rock. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna be honest with you. I couldn't quite figure out the actual name of this piece, but when you when you check it out on the site, darwindarko.com, you'll see why I named it Smart Girls Rock. So I'll give you a second to search for it in your browser. Catch the fire and live, live, live. I say, where is your fire? I say, where is your fire? You gotta find it and pass it on from you to me, from me to her, from her to him, from the son to the mother, the father, from the brother to the sister, from the daughter to the mother, from the mother to the child. Where is your fire? I say, where is your fire? Can't you smell it coming out of our past? The fire of living, not dying. The fire of loving, not killing. The fire of blackness, not gangster shadows. Where is your beautiful fire that gave light to the world? The fire of pyramids. The fire that burned through the holes of slave ships and made us breathe. The fire that made guts into chitlins. The fire that took rhythms and made jazz The fire of sit-ins and marches that made us jump boundaries and barriers, the fire that took street-talk sounds and made righteous and hotep raps. Where is your fire, the torch of life, full of Zynga and Nat Turner and Garvey and Dubois and Fannie Lou Hamer and Martin and Malcolm and Mandela, sister, sister, brother, brother, come on. Catch the fire, don't kill, hold your fire, don't kill, learn your fire, don't kill, be the fire, don't kill. Catch the fire and burn with eyes that see our souls walking, singing, building, laughing, learning, loving, teaching, being. Hey, brother, brother, sister, here is my hand. Catch the fire and live. And live. Live. Sonia Sanchez, she's a poet and activist, playwright, editor, and teacher. She has published over a dozen books of poetry and numerous plays short stories, children's books, and um, and discographies. She was the first presidential fellow at uh, Temple University, actually, where she began teaching in 1977. Um, she held the Laurel Carnal Chair in English uh, at Temple um, until her retirement in 1999, and she currently lives in Philly. So, uh, living legend. You know what? I've tried my best to do a uh, I guess my interpretation of this, of the situation, but um I've heard this poem read by some even even um uh Sonya herself, like you know, like the reading I I, I can't keep up. Is is just amazing. I think James Earl Jones might have done it once like so these are some like heavyweights. Let's get to know Bisa Butler a little bit better. And to do that we're gonna be Assisted by the Smithsonian Magazine. Uh, this is actually an article back in July 2020 uh, But it gives us a real good um, Overall picture of who our artist is and getting to know her a little bit better So artist visa butler stitches together the african-american experience Not much is known about the black man photographed in 1936 in Greensboro, Alabama by um Dorothy Lang, who was an, who was on assignment for the farm secretary um, the Farm Security Administration. He sits gazing directly at the camera with his hand at his lips as he's deep in thought, his legs crossed and his hat in his hand. But when contemporary artist Visa Butler made a life-size portrait of this man using fabric and thread, she had a lot to say. She dressed him in vibrant colors and patterns, including a fabric, a fabric printed with airplanes to suggest that he'd traveled the world. She imagined him as a writer, poet, philosopher maybe. Uh, she says, I'm trying to give my subjects back uh, an identity that's been lost, she says. Butler uses her unique artistic style, which combines portraiture and quilting to accord dignity and respect to her black subjects. Those she discovers in historical photographs, as well as members of her own family. In the coming months, more and more of the public will have a chance to experience Butler's work. So again, remember this is 2020. Originally scheduled to debut earlier this year, her first solo museum exhibition, Visa Butler Portraits, opens at the Caternau Museum of Art in Caternau, uh, New York. I didn't even know there was a cat on New York. Now I know. <laughs> now I have a reason to go. Uh, this weekend and this fall, the exhibit is scheduled to travel to the famed Art Institute of Chicago, which recently acquired one of Butler's artworks. That kind of exposure is rare for contemporary artists making quilts. Uh, Butler was also part, by the way, of the uh, 2010 Satellite exhibition orchestrated by the smithsonian national museum of african american history and culture quote her work is and has always been about black identity this was a quote from michelle Wee. she's the curator of the katana museum exhibition who now works at the american federation of arts so the work is very relevant to this moment in history when we are uh seeing a societal reckoning over racial inequality glenn adamson and remember again 2020 george floyd for the record glenn adamson an independent craft scholar curator and writer who is not involved in the exhibition observes butler is uh, elevating the status of yeah so you know what i'm gonna pause right there for a second and uh, a little bit of social commentary on my part that there is nowhere you can escape the messaging of the movement that happened, you know, starting... It started long ago, you know, one of... Uh, it has these high moments, you know, Rodney King was one of them, um, you know, Tamir Rice was another one, and, and George Floyd was another spike in the the movement and activism of equal rights, equal protection, um, particularly for the black community. And no matter where you are in life, whether you're a person who's listening to this podcast because you're a curator or you have your home, your, your own um, gallery or you're a decision maker in one of these galleries, You cannot be, you cannot use ignorance as an excuse because even as Bisa Butler is saying in her artwork and the type of, um, in the, in the demographic that would be able to intake her artwork, who can perceive it and, and witness it and, and, there's some, there's some very exclusive spaces that, that, that uh, you know, the message of the streets and the protesters and the activists and the burning dumpsters don't get to. They don't get to those circles. But Lisa Butler found a way through. And so ignorance, if she can find a way through, this is coming through in medicine. It's coming through in um, the federal government when it comes to entitlements or when it comes to Social Security or social rights. As part of a citizenry, there's no more to just I'm gonna keep reading on here, and I'm gonna uh, you know it's, it's great. I'm glad we took the time to get to know her a bit more because we now have a better understanding of activism in in all its forms, or at least in an additional form that we might not have fully appreciated. But you know what? Art has always been a protest platform for a long time, um, but specifically for civil rights and, and black rights. I'm glad that we're using that as another channel to, um, you know, to try to bend things towards justice, bend more towards justice. So. The butler, who is in her 40s now and is based in New Jersey, didn't set out to be a quilter. She studied painting at Howard University and then earned a master's in art education at Montclair State University, where she took a fiber art class. At the time, around 2001, her grandmother was sick and she wanted to make something for her. So she made a quilt based on a vintage photo of her grandparents on their wedding day. That's when she began to develop her process. She enlarges her photographs to life size and then sketches over it, isolating areas of light and dark. Then she begins choosing fabrics, layering them and stitching them together with a sewing machine, a process called a plique. At the end, the stitching portrait is layered on top of soft batting and baking fabric. A repeated pattern of stitches is applied to all three layers to hold them together, thus completing the quilt. One quilt can take hundreds of hours to complete. Butler's quilts explode with color and every fabric has a specific meaning. Quote, I use West African wax printed fabric, kente cloth and Dutch wax prints to communicate that my figures are of African descent and have a long, rich history behind them, Butler said. She never uses natural skin tones. I choose bright technicolor cloth to represent our skin. Because these colors are how African-Americans refer to our complexions, she, she adds. At Howard, Butler mentored members of the African commune of bad relevant artists, Africobra, which sought to define a black art aesthetic that represents African-Americans in a positive light. My color scheme is very much in line with Africobra, uh, she said. Some people call it the Kool-Aid colors. I didn't set out to adopt those ideas, but I guess the indoctrination worked. Butler worked for more than a decade as a high school art teacher, quilting at night, on weekends, and over the summer. She exhibited wherever she could, churches, community centers, and the like. But but then she says, my quilts weren't life-size because I didn't have enough time for that. I knew I could tell more of a story with the full body and multiple people. I always wanted to do more. A few years ago, she found representation with Claire Oliver Gallery in Harlem. I had to start thinking about what I wanted to say to the world, and I decided I couldn't just work from family photos, so she turned to a database of depression era photos by Lang, Russell Lee, and others from the Farm Security Administration and the National Archives. I actually just visited there recently. The photos weren't under uh, copyright when she searched Negro, she got forty thousand results. I like working from black and white photos, she says, because it gives me the freedom to put in the colors I feel belong there. She conducts research about the time period and tries to find out everything she can about her subjects, but in the end she uses her imagination to fill in the details. The title of the quote depicting the unnamed Alabama as I am not your negro. Taken from the 2016 documentary about the author James Baldwin and Racism in America, she says the title reflects that man she has invented. I am a black man, an African-American man, and I am not your Negro. I am not an intellectual inferior to anyone. Another quote is based on a 1941 photograph taken by Russell Lee of three women chatting outside of a church on Chicago's South Side. Butler's ecstatic colors and patterns emphasize the fact that these women were part of a thriving black middle class. Her title, the T, refers to the black vernacular for gossip. Butler's mother is from New Orleans and her father was born in Ghana. She sees herself as part of the African American quilting tradition, but she hopes that she's taking that tradition into the future. Before the Civil War, some enslaved black women learned sewing, spinning, weaving and quilting in wealthy households and some became highly skilled after the war these women began making quilts for everyday use typically using scraps of fabric and then passed down their skills to their descendants one such quilter was harriet powers whose quilt depicting bible stories made around 1885 is in the smithsonian national museum of american history Certain characteristics came to be associated with African-American quilts made in the rural South. Improvisation, asymmetry, large-scale patterns, and bold, contrasting colors. In recent decades, a group of African-American quilters from the remote rural town of Bend, Alabama, became famous for their work in this style. Butler is adding something radically new to this tradition, portraiture. She's among a group of contemporary Black artists, to name a couple, um, Day Wiley, Amy Sherald, uh, who have adopted the portrait history reserved for European aristocrats to tell the story of contemporary Black identity. At the same time, quilting has also become a very important material and reference point for contemporary, artists, uh, for, for contemporary African-American artists, observes Adamson. He cites the artist Sanford Biggers who cuts up antique quilts and puts them in his paintings. Butler names Wiley and, and Cheryl along with Faith Ringgold and uh, Ramore Bearden as artists who have influenced her. Her portraits confront the viewer directly. Weijay observes, it's very unusual in portraits for the subject to be depicted head on. It's hard to get features right. He gives these works the effect of byzantine icons really and as the viewer you're forced to look at the person in the eye butler says of her portraits of young black boys in particular when people look at my work i want them to learn something if you're not black and young black boys on the streets make you feel nervous i hope that it clicks and that this person is human he has a soul he has Wants and dreams and wishes. I try to put all that in The gaze itself and the pose, so that people will be confronted with something who is so human You must see them as equal Since the killing of George Floyd Butler has seen increased interest in her work Uh, She says my subjects Stand in defiance against racist stereotypes. My work proclaims that Black people should be seen, regarded, and treated as equals. Well said. Well put. Um, no more. There's no excuses out there. Um, if you're if you're you, you know an RC person and you you um you happen to be in a gallery and you see this, you know you had nothing to do with what happens somewhere in um, in Tulsa or anything, or anything in LA, you know, you may not have never come across this message, but like you're looking at the art and that's what the art is speaking to. So that was a, a wonderful um, um, read through. That's in the Smithsonian Magazine. It's an old article. I happen to come across that in my research. I'm so happy that we can paint another pretty picture together with our words. And, uh, and I'm glad you joined me on that journey. So for this and other artwork we discuss, please visit darwindarker.com. Backslash is where you can find all of this stuff catalog for your viewing pleasure. If you like the show or if you want to leave some creative feedback, please rate us five stars and leave a comment. That's always helpful. Another great way to support the show is to share it on your socials, Facebook. Twitter WhatsApp whatever you got Speaking of which we're on Twitter at the acrastic on Instagram same thing the acrastic on YouTube at the acrastic <laughs> same thing right so following the show uh, follow the show and whenever we put up new stuff we could find our way up your timeline I've been Darwin Mesadu. thanks again for listening to the Ekprastic.